The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Boston Celtics versus the Dallas Mavericks. Tune in on ABC. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. everyone, it's Michelle Williams. Have you ever been in a toxic friendship or relationship or a work relationship that leaves you drained? Well, guess what? You don't have to throw that relationship away. I've got an amazing guest who will share some great insight into something I know we can all relate to. And it's coming up right now on Checking In with Michelle Williams. Today's theme of checking in is about relationships. I've had to do some assessing of myself, my behaviors as it comes to relationships. I've also had to be more intentional about preserving relationships, more intentional about even putting myself out there to connect with people. Because if you are like me, you like to stay in the house, you like to be a homebody. You just like to connect with your favorite TV show or your favorite podcast. You don't want to be bothered with anybody. And some of you, you probably are like that because maybe you've experienced some betrayal or maybe you feel like everybody that you come in contact with or are in relationship, maybe you feel like they're always trying to compete with you. Or maybe you feel like in relationships, maybe they're not reciprocated. So you feel like it's just best for you to just be to yourself. But I want to encourage you and I want to let you know that we are meant to connect. We are meant to connect with other humans. Now it is up to us to continue. What we'll learn today is that we have to discern people in our lives and where to place them. I'm also learning to treat people in relationships the way I would want to be treated. But I also have to know that I can't expect everybody to be like me. As the saying says, you can't expect you from somebody else. So sometimes even going into relationships, I'm learning that I am taking a risk. And not just in romantic relationships, I am taking a risk to possibly be hurt. I'm taking a risk to possibly be betrayed or lied on or compete. But that's where I say you have to assess the people that you are in relationship with. You know, maybe they're not so much on the front seat of your life. Maybe they're just kind of in the middle balcony. And then some people are the nosebleed seats. And then some people, they just outside of the arena looking in. But there is a way to handle people because it's the law of reciprocity or sowing and reaping, you will reap everything that you sow. You might not reap it 10 minutes from now. You might not reap it 10 months from now, but just know whatever seed you sow relationally, you will get it back. So just continue to listen in for the rest of this podcast. 
I am absolutely excited to introduce this phenomenal person, this next guest of mine, Dr. Darius Daniels. I'm going to read off everything that I know about him. He is founder and pastor of Change Church, multiple locations. I love that he is a certified coach and I feel like his teachings, everything that he shares is so versatile. He can go from the church to the corporate boardroom, a bachelor of political science from Millsaps College in Jackson, Mississippi, a master's of divinity from Princeton, and he got his doctorates from Fuller University, also author of an amazing book that has been changing me, Relational Intelligence. This is his newest book, titled Relational Intelligence. Everybody, I want y'all to welcome my brother, my friend, Dr. Darius Daniels. Dr. Daniels, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm excited to be here. I don't know. I think I owe you some money for that introduction. Well, first of all, we can be very humble in accomplishments and things on your resume, but every now and then it is good to know your accomplishments and everything that you have come through you know, everything that you are. And it's good to let somebody else talk about you, all the good things. (laughs) I just feel like I wrote a bunch of papers, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to be on the podcast with you though. This is incredible. This is exciting. This is epic. Listen, it truly, truly is. And I'm going to speak what I'm supposed to say at the end. And that is, I know you're going to come back because we got a lot to unpack. (laughs) Everything regarding your book, Relational Intelligence, can probably take up 25 episodes. And we only have a few moments with us right now, but we can go on and on. I'm grateful for my relationship with you and Shamika and um, how we get to talk about things. We unloaded some things the other day. And I was like, man, I wish (laughs) we had audio on record because this is some great stuff. And I think as far as your book, Relational Intelligence, I think people think, You know, when we talk about relationships, we automatically assume romantic relationships and personal relationships. But you go on to teach us about how to be in business relationships and just relational, um, just relationships, period, with friends. And your book definitely taught me, okay, I got to do better in this area because you can be so great in your career, but you can suck at being a friend. You can suck at how you do business. Mm -hmm. So that's what we are going to dive in today. Relational intelligence, please tell us the inspiration of you writing this book. All right. So I would say this, the inspiration is kind of twofold. So one is experiences that I had in my personal life. Two is observations I was making in my professional life. And this is what I saw personally and professionally people's greatest joy and greatest pain was coming from the same place. Mm. And that's their relationships. 100%. I saw this. (laughs) Greatest joy, greatest pain was coming from relationships. Now, I experienced some of this in my own life. And then I just saw it with the people I was leading and serving Mm. that no matter what accomplishments they achieve, no matter what possessions they acquire, At some point, that new thing got old, that extraordinary thing got familiar. But what really provided like long lasting joy and fulfillment when it came to people's lives and even in my life personally was this area of relationships. And so I just kind of felt like in my experience and what I observed in the experience of others, many people kind of managed relationships emotionally. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be engaged emotionally in relationships. We, we should. Yeah. But in the car relationships, my point is this. Put the emotions in the car. Just don't let them drive. <laughs> that's, that's my whole point. So that, that's what really kind of birthed the book, man. It's, it's just been something that's, that's helped me. And we just, we're grateful that it's helping a lot of other people too. You talk about how your greatest gifts walk into your life on two legs. And that's just kind of, I guess, piggybacking off of what you were talking about, your greatest joys and some of your greatest pains come from relationships. And I want to dive into when you're talking about how we can let our emotions drive. You say intellectual capacity plus emotional capacity equal relational intelligence. So as far as the emotions, I think that's, I think a lot of relationships can be saved and or repaired if we can get our emotions in order. 
What's the number one thing emotionally that you think happens that can destroy a relationship? Oh, 100% is one thing that I, well, I'm going to say 100% in terms of every case, but in my mind, 100% something that sticks out above the rest is this, is trauma. And when I say trauma, I don't mean just extreme cases of abuse or exploitation or anything like that. But this is what I say. Bad experiences that people have in relationships in the past, Mm -hmm. sabotaging their relationships in the present. It's like somebody else did the crime but you make people in your life currently do the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't think people are evil when that happens. You know, I just think they're human and we haven't necessarily been given the tools on how to respond in a healthy way to betrayal. How do I respond when I've been used? How do I respond when I've been exploited? How do I respond when I've been taken for granted? Because you don't want to mismanage the people that are coming into your life to be a blessing yes, because of your experience with people in the past that have been a burden. Mm-hmm. And you, you also say that perfect relationships do not exist. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Now, this book is not necessarily about romantic relationships, but we can apply it to romantic relationships in the sense that in the initial stages of like a romantic relationship, it's like, oh my God, this person is perfect. That infatuation stage you just intoxicated emotionally. They can't do anything wrong. Yes, yes. And all of a sudden, your eyes started opening. You started seeing issues and tendencies. You're like, wait a minute. This person changed on me. It's like, nah, they didn't change. Just another part of them that had been exposed got revealed. Everybody's imperfect. You know, relationships don't break themselves. There's no such thing as a broken relationship. We break relationships because we're broken people. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a difference between an imperfect relationship and an unhealthy one. So I don't want people to confuse what I'm saying there. There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. So just because it's imperfect doesn't mean you should abandon it. Like, I believe all people are equally valuable. So whether you're off the street on wall or on Wall Street, nobody's more valuable than another person. But here it is, Michelle. Here it is. A lot of people have trouble wrapping their head around this, though. Help us wrap. Help us wrap it around. Everybody doesn't add equal value to you. Like everybody's equally valuable, but everybody doesn't add equal value to you. Okay. Y'all write that down. (laughs) Yeah. So the point that I'm making is somebody can be imperfect and invaluable at the same time. So it's like, it's like my wife, man, I known her since I was a kid. kid. So I met her at 19, 20 years old. Here's my point though. I realize that if God forbid something ha- would have happened to her and we aren't together, I can't replace that in 24 hours. No. Oh, right? no. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I can find somebody to date. You know, I can find somebody pretty, but everything she brings, I can't replace that. Mm-hmm. So although everybody's equally valuable, everybody doesn't add equal value to me. So just because something is imperfect, doesn't mean it's invaluable. And when it's invaluable, man, you can't just abandon it. You got to learn how to manage it, navigate it, fix it, restore it. Uh, but again, I want to emphasize, because I know people are saying, what you saying if I'm in a crazy? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. There's a difference between it being imperfect and unhealthy. But just because it's imperfect, that mean it's not adding unique value. Man, some people are just hard to replace. Come on. Some people are just hard to replace. And I'd like to think that I'm one of those people. Absolutely. <laughs> Hard to replace. Facts, 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 facts. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's something that you were saying about I cannot replace you or how I feel like I'm irreplaceable. But there's a portion of your book where you talk about elimination and yes. that there is a proper way. And y'all, y'all have to buy the book. Can I read something that you said about elimination? Sure. You say the criteria for elimination is simple. When maintaining the relationship in any form or category is no longer in the best interest of the person involved, it's counterproductive, it's emotionally toxic. So there are times where you can eliminate a relationship. It's just in the how. And while I'm on that, we're talking about elimination. What is your thought on boundary setting versus ghosting? (laughs) All right. So this might be a little complex. I don't know. It might even be a little controversial. 
Michelle, I gotta admit this because I talk about this in the book. And so if I don't, if I don't own this, I'm being a hypocrite. All right. Oh, yes. So in the book, I say there are times where you can make adjustments without making announcements. Like every adjustment doesn't have to have an announcement. There are some times when it's like, yeah, you see something, you see some fruit of somebody's character, you see some tendencies, and you're not judging it, but you're just observing so that you know how to manage that person in your life, right? I'm not making a judgment on this, but let's say if somebody's gossiping, they just got a tendency to gossip. And they're like, mm. every time I'm with this person, they're talking about somebody else. Yes, sir. Well, if you see that, it's possible for you to adjust what you tell them without announcing that to them. <laughs> right. You don't have to say, yo, let's go to lunch. I think you gossip about everybody all the time. So um, I'm not going to tell you nothing. Well, yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, especially if, if y'all got that kind of relational equity where that person receives that from you. But the point that I'm making is that's completely different than ghosting. The elimination part of the book is really about, yo, when do you get to the place, when you get to the place where you recognize this is no longer healthy for me. Right. Like, this relationship is not healthy for me mentally. It's not healthy for me emotionally. It's not healthy for me spiritually. It's not healthy for me professionally. Yeah. Then at that point, you got to prioritize the stewardship of your own soul over that specific relationship. And that's not being selfish. That's, that's being a good steward. And when that happens, I feel like at least this is me living by the golden rule is just kind of like human decency. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm going to be like, yeah, if you can, it's important to have a conversation. Yes. <laughs> instead of instead of ghosting, especially if you're talking about somebody you've been in relationship with, friend, associate, like whatever category they're in. I just feel like you want to manage that exit the way you would want somebody to manage if they were make, making an exit like that with you. I, I don't know about the ghosting part. I definitely agree with literally a situation um, today where I feel like someone definitely crossed the line and they they sent a real, you know, nice message. And I was like, ooh, okay, I got to respond because I don't like the feeling when it has been done to me, Right. Yeah. But I'm I'm in the place even personally where I'm like, OK, well, how do I manage and respect and do what I feel is best for me and respect me versus pleasing them and their feelings? Because people can do things that are so out of pocket that I do feel like you can definitely take a step back and take some space. It's not that I'm ghosting you. I just need to take some space and I'm, I'm repositioning you. You no longer are in the front seat of my life. I done put you in the nosebleeds. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Boston Celtics versus the Dallas Mavericks. Tune in on ABC. Hey, John. Why so glum? I just got let go. 
The company's downsizing. This is the third time in the last two years. I'm done with this. Have you thought about my computer career? I've heard they can train you for a career in IT in just a few months, including cybersecurity and the basics of AI. And you don't need prior training or experience. Now that's a recession-resistant career. Wow, thanks. I'll check them out. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. Mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. What would you say to two people that are working in... In the confines of a business. Yeah. And they have the potential for the business to, woo, they can do some damage. Yeah. You know, business wise. What is some advice to somebody in that situation? You know, I think that's one of the most important relationships. You know, that's, that's what I would call an associate. Now, I'm not saying business partners can't be friends, but I do think that there are times when people confuse the friendly nature of the relationship with a yeah. friend. You know what I mean? And so for me, I make the distinction between like a friend and an associate. An associate is to me what fall in a business partner or coworker, team member category. And it's this, if I wasn't as good as I am with what I do, would we still have a relationship? If I remove my gift from the equation and it's just me and you, will we still have a relationship? Right. I don't think that's being cynical. I think that's being honest. And it keeps you from setting yourself up for unnecessary frustration or hurt and pain down the line because you are confusing someone who's an associate with a friend. Mm. So it doesn't mean the relationship can't be friendly, but it does mean that you recognize this relationship exists because of what I do, not just who I am. Where friendship has a completely different set of criteria. So I feel like no matter what, when it comes to the business relationship, whether it is friends or whether it is associates, you want to respect the personal relationship. Enough. You want to love the personal relationship enough to get the business right. So this is where I feel like people kind of get wires crossed when it comes to business relationships. They feel like because we have a personal relationship, you should kind of be more lax, less excellent, and give me more room mm. for failure and sloppiness because we're friends. Yes or because there's a friendly aspect of our relationship. What I would say is, no, because there's a friendly aspect of our relationship, I want to make sure the sloppy business doesn't get in the way of the friendship or get in the way of this relationship. So let's make sure we manage the business properly so that we can be productive on the business side, but that productivity on the business side protects the personal aspect of the relationship. It's easy for us to be friends when the, to be friendly <laughs> when things are going well, it's progressing, there's not a lot of stress and strain and struggle. So I really feel like managing those business partnerships and, and those relationships with that in mind is incredibly important. And I've seen people be destroyed and crushed when they finally get the revelation that what I thought was a friendship is actually just a partnership. So I think it's important to go into that, man, eyes wide open. I've I've seen so many people use the word, oh, that's my friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. And I do feel like I feel sorry for people who are in a position where those lines do get blurred, where you even talk about assignments. Yeah. Like you have to know I'm not your, you're, we're not friends. I am assigned to you. And those lines get so blurred and so crossed. And I've seen people's feelings hurt. (laughs) You better believe it. Feeling so hurt. That word friend, we use that word very, very loosely. And you talk about, it's got to be reciprocated in some fruit here for me to call you a friend. Yeah, definitely. But you know, that's that's the whole concept about relational intelligence. It's not about being smug or cynical or harsh or whatever, but it's just about being wise in the area of our relationships, just being intentional. And so to, for me, that's about this whole thing of like defining and aligning your relationships. I don't want to call you something that you aren't, because if I call you that, I'm going to expect you to be that for me because mm-hmm. I'm going to be that for you. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so what and so what happens is when you're using the word. So friendship, one of the ways friendship is the is is seen or exposed is by reciprocity. It doesn't mean that you do the same thing for me that I do for you, 
But it does mean there's reciprocity in the relationship in the sense that we both add value to each other's lives in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even mean we add value to each other's lives on the same level. But it does mean, yo, there's reciprocity in this relationship. Absolutely. But when there is not, <laughs> some people end up frustrated, mad, hurt, and upset. And it's like, no, you were calling that person a friend, but they were just kind of an associate. Or you were calling them a friend, but that was kind of an, an assignment. That's somebody you were mentoring, mm-hmm. helping. And when you go into it, when you go into a relationship and manage a relationship with those expectations, it reduces the likelihood you're going to be frustrated. You know yeah, what I mean? Because absolutely. You know, I'm giving more in this relationship than, I'm a, than what I'm going to get. And I'm okay with that because you're a mentee. I feel like that's what's really key. Going in with eyes wide open so that you know where to make investments and where you can have realistic expectations. Come on. Mic drop. Dr. Darius, he's known to drop many bars, not only in relational intelligence, but y'all got to listen to some of his sermons. I'm like, yo, he should be a ghostwriter for some of these rappers out here because (laughs) he just dropped something. Oh, I grew up in a different different era. They These guys would not want me to write for them. Well, I don't think the guys in, in my era want me to write for them. I don't I, know. <laughs> I got some folks in mind who are who are great in what they do, but I'm like, yo, if you take what Dr. Darius just said, and then you put your swag on it, your rap style, you will absolutely be dope. But anywho, um, that's a whole nother podcast. We were talking about um, where to put people in their relationships. And if they're an assignment, um, an associate, you also talk about if they are an advisor. But I wanted to talk about you in the beginning of the book. You talk about how we are made for connection. We are made for relationships. And you ask the question, are your relationships holding you back or propelling you forward in your purpose? So are you saying that the relationships in your life, they have to be aligned with where you're going? I'm saying two things. I'm okay with that too, by the way. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying two things. All right. So the first thing I'm saying is there's no such thing as neutral relationships. So that's a myth. Like you're either going forward or backwards. Now, sometimes the movement is incremental, so you don't feel it. You know what I mean? So it's like somebody could be taking you back and you don't even know they're taking you back Mm. because they're not taking you back fast. It's just incremental. Then all of a sudden, you kind of come to yourself one day and you're like, I ain't really happy when I talk to her. You know, (laughs) it just hits you one time. You're like, yo, every time I get off the phone with them or am, I just, I feel less optimistic. I feel low. I feel blah. Mm. But you don't always notice that immediately. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not saying that every relationship that is taking you backwards is going to destroy your life. I'm just saying it might destroy your peace. It might destroy your focus. It might destroy your productivity over a period of time. So that's the first thing I'm saying is no such thing as neutral relationships. Okay. Since there's no such thing as neutral relationships, you helping me go forward, you pulling me back, you adding value to my life, or you taking value from me, you making deposits or withdrawals, you bringing me joy, your pain, Mm. right? You helping me get the destiny or your distraction It's no neutral relationships. If that's the case, you want to make sure, I'm not talking about using people, but you do want to make sure that your relationships are aligned with where you think you're going. Because if not, that relationship is not an asset, it's a liability. And when I say that, I'm not just talking work. I'm not just talking job. Mm-hmm. Like, where do you want to go mentally? Like, what kind of headspace do you want to live in? So there, there was this group of psychologists that did this focus group. It was a pretty diverse focus group of people here in America, right, to come up with one word that would describe the emotional state of most people in America. And then like the word that they Mm -hmm. came up with was this word languishing. Like, so no matter how many bags or cars or how much money's in the bank, how much people are progressing professionally, the average person isn't thriving. They're like languishing. They're just going along to get along. Mm. So if you want to get out of that mentally, if you want to move forward in your mind, you've got to be strategic. Now, I'm not saying they're stuck up, but I'm saying you got to be strategic and you got to have a standard when it comes to your relational life. Because if not, 
you're going to get in a car with people who are going in the wrong direction. The wrong direction. You'll be mad when you get there. <laughs> yes. And then you, you the, the saying wrong place, wrong time. You should have known who you was getting in the car with. You got to know who you are getting into a relationship with. I'm going to admit when I first started reading relational intelligence, I had to put it down for okay. a minute. And I'm going to tell you why. Because sometimes you could pick up this book thinking about what you're going to see in another person. Okay. No, it was for me and also how I have been in relationships. I hope I'm articulating it correctly about how we can read something and we can be like, "Mm -hmm, so-and-so need to read this because if they read this, we would Uh have these problems. Oh, no. Even in this book, you have personal assessments. Even the first question, in what ways do I demonstrate unshakable character? Yeah. Not in, in what ways does he or she, like I said, because if he wouldn't have done this, if she, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Are you trustworthy? Are you dependable? Are you a safe person to be in relationship? Even business wise, how are you taking care of business while you're at work? Can people depend on you? It's not always about somebody else. Yeah. Here, here it is, Michelle. Here's the question. The question is this. I, I, it's one I want to ask myself with my friends, with people I lead and serve, et cetera. Are you the person that the person you looking for is looking for? Mm. Are you the person <laughs> that the person you looking for is looking for? Like you looking for a certain type of person. Well, that certain type of person is looking for a certain type of person. Are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? I think that's important. So for me, it's almost like, yo, um, would God really be good to send that person to you? Like, would you be as big a blessing to them as they are to you? Mm-hmm. Especially if we're talking about the friendship category. I'm not talking about other categories where people are just, they come into your life and they help you and they open doors for you. They mentor you, they coach you. There's not going to be a lot of reciprocity there. But when we're talking about that friendship category, mm-hmm. I think that's a completely different conversation because I believe Michelle straight up, and I know I keep going back to friendship is because I believe that's the most important category in the book because you're going to be more transparent with your friends than you are with your mentor. It's going to take you a while to really keep it 100 with your mentor. I notice I'm a spiritual leader. So I recognize it's like, yo, most of the time I'm going to get a representation of who somebody really is to the bottom fallout. Now, when the bottom fallout, then all the real stuff comes out. But you know what? They friends know the real deal. So being strategic about that friendship category is really important because those are the people that are probably going to be advising you the most, speaking into your life the most, and they got the potential to help you the most Mm -hmm. and vice Mm -hmm. versa, vice versa. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. This book has just been so profound, making me asking myself, how do I know that I'm the good friend, that I'm the type of person that someone wants to be a friend with, that I'm the type of person that I'm looking for? You have to be what's on that list, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you, you, that conversation. That's <laughs> definitely a different podcast. Episode. Definitely a different podcast. Yeah, that was a dating <laughs> conversation. It was a dating conversation, but I'm sorry. I have had someone, I mean, a dear best friend of mine and I'm, and I've been assessing, okay, I can do this. I can be more attentive. I can do this. I can show up more. I can, because sometimes people would feel like they show up for you, but you don't show up for them. You know, right now it's been a little difficult because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So we've had to go above and beyond. Maybe you're FaceTiming more. Maybe you're just kind of checking in saying, hey, just checking on you and the family. How are y'all doing? Probably more so than we would have outside of a pandemic. And speaking of, why do you think some relationships are thriving in this pandemic and why others are crumbling? That's a great question. Yay! I asked a good question, question, y'all. Doctor said I asked a good question. I'm excited about that. Your questions are always great. I mean, you're you're a great interviewer. Hey. Um, Take notes. Here, here, I heard. Here's my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Said I'm a good interviewer. Great conversationalist. Uh, so here's my thoughts. All right. Obviously, there's no one reason, one size that fits all. But generally speaking, here it is. The pandemic does not break relationships. It exposes them. That's all that it is. It exposes. It all, come on. Fragile. Sometimes stuff is fragile. You just don't know till you put pressure on it. Right. Like it could be a <laughs> it could be a chair sitting in your house and that chair is on, you know, one leg is on life support of that chair and you don't know it till you put some pressure on it. 
And I think that's all the pandemic was when it came to some relationships. It's like, you know, even romantically, it's like people, oh, we like each other, but we don't like each other that much to be around each other <laughs> this much. So yeah, you want Dr. You want someone like Dr. Darius in your life, by the way, because he <laughs> tells it like it is like, yo, some of y'all need to just tell somebody I don't like you as much. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I think the pandemic exposed <laughs> it exposes relationships. Watch this, Michelle. But it also it exposes people. man. It exposes how do you manage other people you're in relationship with when you're under stress? How do you treat mm-hmm. people when you're under pressure? You know, do other people have to be the casualty? Are they the casualty of your strain and your uncertainty and the pressure that you're living under? So I feel like those that kind of thrive were those that like put the roof on the house before it started raining. It was like it was mm. the who actually kind of did the work before the pandemic. You know what I mean? When the relationship got tested, what they had built was built right. And so it was able to withstand it. And other relationships, it may not have been built the best and mm-hmm. it wasn't able to withstand it. The question is for those people that feel like, man, this, this thing kind of messed up my relationship is whether or not you feel like, am I supposed to rebuild this? Or, you know, do I realize uh, I can't build something better and stronger with these materials? Because that that's true, man. Like both people, friends, associates, advisors, assignments, all of that. Both parties have to be willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so sometimes you just got to be honest about that and say, yeah, this person is not willing to put in the work or right now I, I don't want to put in the work for this person. Right or wrong, you got to be live, willing to live with those consequences. You got to be honest about that. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Boston Celtics versus the Dallas Mavericks. Tune in on ABC. Hey, John, why so glum? I just got let go. The company's downsizing. This is the third time in the last two years. I'm done with this. Have you thought about my computer career? I've heard they can train you for a career in IT in just a few months, including cybersecurity and the basics of AI. And you don't need prior training or experience. Now that's a recession-resistant career. Wow, thanks. I'll check them out. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. You said something, living with the consequences. I don't think a lot of us like to do that, want to do that. I know men don't. I know <laughs> I know <laughs> men don't when it comes to relationships because guys will, I'm going to tell you. Come I, on, tell us. We want to know guys best, what. I think some of the best advice you could get about guys is going to come from counselors, barbers, <laughs> uh, coaches, Mm. probably spiritual leaders, guys who deal with a bunch of people so they can give you a perspective that's not just their opinion. Absolutely. Based on their experience with a, with a bunch of people. And what one, I, heard, I heard one guy frame it this way. You know, what did it say? Like, you don't miss your water to your well. well Runs dry. dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why a lot of sisters get like these random <laughs> texts out of nowhere from guys. It's like, y'all ain't talked to two years and now all of a sudden you get a text and it's like, 
what's up? <laughs> you know, you're like, yo, what, what, what's up? Where did this come from? But a lot of times men have to not have to, but a lot of times men learn through experience that I had something that was invaluable. I didn't know it and I didn't value it properly till I lost it. Five Ooh. men could text me that right now and I'm going to be all their girlfriends at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's, that's one of the things that happens. So again, I'm not making excuses for that, but I have found that to be the experience. I can't tell you how many guys have said to me, every age and stage of life, like, ah, man, I let this one get away. I let that mm. one get away. I didn't know what I had when I had that. You know, I definitely think that's the case with men. I'm not saying that's the case with women, but because I am a man and because I really lean in a lot in terms of mentoring and coaching men, I, I can say that I've experienced that a lot, at least. You went there, not me, because I know this book isn't just specifically for romantic relationships. But since you went there, you probably just actually told the dude what to say. I don't know if you know you did that. You said yeah. you are invaluable. I messed up. What he, he just made it so easy. I hope you guys rewind this and write down what he said verbatim because you might get her back if she's not taken or if <laughs> it's, a, it's a possibility. He gave you something to say to get her back. As far as what single people are going through right now in this pandemic, like you said, some relationships are thriving. Yeah. Some relationships are just absolutely crushed. Generally speaking, what should a single person be doing right now during this pandemic regarding relationships? This is going to sound so cliche, but it's true. Mm -hmm. It is true. It's facts. Come on, tell us. Your own personal development should probably be your number one priority right now. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what I mean when I say that. And some people disagree with this, especially some people in the spiritual space. But I mean, I'm not going to go all into that. But there are reasons that I kind of lean this way. And that's this. One of the most important things you can do as a single person is make sure you don't have anything or you minimize. I'm not saying anything. You minimize the unhealthy impulses that have been driving your bad picks. Minimize me? the like impulses that, that have been driving dry. your bad picks. So like if you, it's, it's hard to have a, a good relationship with a bad pick. And I don't think compatibility is a myth. Yo, compatibility is real. In the spiritual space, it's real. In the non-spiritual space, it's real. So for me, I think if somebody is honest enough to like, just kind of look back at some of, they, <laughs> they some of our picks, you just got to be like, yo, I'm too smart to be picking like that. So it must be something else besides my brain that's influencing these picks that I'm making. So during this time of quarantine, let me try to figure out what is it that's driving me to make some of these picks so I can deal with that. So that next time, I'm not even going to say you're going to pick differently. You can at least pick better. Mm. And I feel like that's what's really important, man. Well, should we pick different or better? You know, I do feel like that there are times like some people always think that better is different. I'm not sure that's the case. Sometimes there is a type of person that you prefer. So let's just deal with like assertive, accomplished women who are leading in the marketplace. Let's deal with that. So, so there's this myth that this cultural myth, I think it's a mm -hmm. misnomer, but it's this myth that like, yo, those women aren't good in relationships. They're condescending there, whatever, whatever. And there might be a man who had a bad experience with dating that type of woman. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't mean that there isn't a type of a woman like that out there that may be more aligned with what he wants. So I'm not saying he should always abandon that type of woman or vice versa if the shoe was on the other foot with women and men. But I am saying that <laughs> that maybe nothing's wrong with the type you're looking for. Mm. But maybe something's wrong with the type that you're picking. Y'all heard that? Maybe you need some more tools to kind of... You know, I don't really think, I don't know why you, 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 you try to give me counsel. I don't know why you, I don't know why people don't often pause for a minute to get crystal clear on what they non-negotiables are when it comes to relationships and dating. Then that way, that just gives you more clarity and more direction, more vision, if you will, when it comes to who does and who doesn't fit what would work for you. Like, you got to be honest about that. If you're honest about that on the front end, then it really helps you reduce heartbreak. It really helps you reduce unnecessary 
relationships. Come on, yeah, waste. <laughs> Experiences, you yes. know, it just, it really does. If, if people kind of take the time just to be honest with you about you. And so sometimes people are so busy judging what they want that they're not honest about what they want. And so they get into something that they don't want and it don't work because you weren't honest with you. You not going to be happy with that. That's kind of two cents. I don't know why we I jumped on that. You hopped on something that I was going to save for next time. And, and I think I am. So I'm going to ask you this question and then I'm going to just press end. I'm going to leave us with a cliffhanger. Do men really know what to do with a woman that comes with her own to the table? Hold up. Mm-hmm. Can he really handle that she has sound opinions and suggestions? Or should she keep them to herself? If she doesn't keep them to herself, is that considered not letting the man lead? Now, she's coming into the picture with life experience, home ownership, bought cars, operates a business. Can a man handle it? And if he can handle it, what are things that a woman must do to still honor him? We can talk about that now. Or next time, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can leave us with something for the next time. Yeah, I think that's a completely different conversation. But here's here's like my one sentence kind of response to that. So the answer is, you know, can men handle that? Yes. The question is, how do you determine what man actually can? Not what man says he can. Because sometimes men and women. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Inaccurately assess what you can really handle. You think mm-hmm. you want that until you get in it. Until you get it. Yeah. So I think I think that the answer is yes, but the question is, yeah, how do you discern a man? What are the kind of character traits of a man that can actually handle that so that you can see it for yourself and not just listen to what he tells you? Y'all. This is going to have to go for part two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, ten. Dr. Darius Daniels, thank you so much for joining me on Checking In. Everybody, you have to get his book, Relational Intelligence. And he definitely is just giving us the people skills that you need for the life of purpose that you want. This book will definitely help you in every area of your life relationally. Dr. Darius, thank you so much for being with us today. And you promise you'll come back. For sure, for sure. Now, for the next conversation, you might need a posse. You might need some some other men, to, you know, just kind of back you. Because I might have a posse of women with me, and we gonna we got to go in on what I'm we were just talking about. I'm All right. It. Even though we know you can hold your own. But once again, I appreciate you so much for your time and being with us today on Checking In with Michelle Williams. It's my pleasure. Glad to be with you. I have so many thoughts about what Dr. Darius has shared with us. Like I said, in his book, I I did have to put it down for a few minutes because sometimes it is hard to assess something about yourself. We say we want to, but sometimes it is hard to look in the mirror and say, what kind of friend am I? Or what type of friend do I feel someone needs? And then ultimately, I want to be the friend that God wants me to be. And it is okay. You are not going to be perfect. This podcast isn't for perfect people. Um, I have made mistakes in relationships. I've ghosted people. Maybe I had didn't return a phone call in, in the most timely manner, or maybe I was kind of afraid to even speak up and speak my mind in a relationship. And so I've just been so strengthened and encouraged. And I hope you all have too about how you can be in a relationship and that there's no such thing as a perfect relationship, but we can be as close to perfect as we are of how we treat people in the relationship and just continue to assess yourself, not anybody else, because that's what we can do. I've learned, I've done it. I'm always assessing somebody else. No, now this is a time in this season. And guess what? The pandemic is perfect time to be assessing who we are in relationships. And Ephesians 4 and 2 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. I think that passage is so simple. Be completely humble and gentle and be patient. I want somebody to be humble and gentle with me. And I definitely want somebody to be patient with me. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not that I'm a lot to handle, but there could be moments where anxiety is trying to take over. 
I can be totally emotional about something and I totally want someone to be patient with me. I've learned patience is so important because you never know the person that you're in relationship with. You never know what was going on in their day that maybe constituted some behavior. But I do believe, though, if something is toxic or absolutely abusive and dangerous, that's another thing as far as having to set a boundary with somebody that's doing that or to totally eliminate that person from your life. I'm talking about being patient and gentle and humble and bearing with one another in love with somebody that you know we are building something. And I feel like a soulmate doesn't always apply to a romantic relationship. I believe I have some soulmates in just non-romantic relationships. Our purposes align, or I know that they have purpose. So I'm not going to be a hindrance to their purpose. I am going to add to their purpose. I'm going to help in any way possible. That's my checking in moment. Tune in next time for Checking In with Michelle Williams. Checking In with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Boston Celtics versus the Dallas Mavericks. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. (laughs) 